the City Quick Connect podcast is brought to you by the Municipal Association of South Carolina. Hello, this is Eric Scheidel. I'm the General Counsel for the Municipal Association. We've recently released a video cast on borrowing issues that relate to potential shortfalls or delays in revenues caused by the COVID-19 crisis. Today, we're going to have a conversation on that same topic with Lawrence Flynn. He's a public finance attorney practicing at Pope Flynn Group in Columbia. And what we'll do is we'll, we'll ask Lawrence questions that relate to the issues discussed in the video cast. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Eric. So, so Lawrence, let's talk first about property taxes. Given the financial stress on taxpayers, municipalities might expect delays in collecting property taxes this year, particularly for personal property. Are there any borrowing tools that municipalities can use to manage cash flow issues caused by delays in property tax collection? Um, Eric, I appreciate the opportunity uh, that the Municipal Association has given me to reach out to uh, your constituents, and, and this is a question that's been fielded a number of times by a number of my clients as well, and I think it's timely. Obviously, dealing with cash flow right now is especially important as folks start gearing up for the, the budget cycle. You know, as you, as you know, a lot of cities run on a July-June fiscal year, and so they're working through the kind of unique experience of working into the fiscal year 2021 budget. This has become an especially pressing issue as they look for cash flow opportunities and recognize that there may be delays in the receipt of property taxes. And so it's not especially as pressing right now for the ad valorem real property taxes, knowing that the lion's share of that money came in on the January 15th uh, due date. But with respect to personal property taxes, which do have a, a lingering rollout, uh, to the extent folks are reliant on those and their monthly revenues, I think the long story short here is there are not a ton of short-term borrowing options outside of a, a basic tax anticipation note, which has its own issues associated with it, and we can dig into that a little bit deeper here shortly. Well, Lawrence, can you can you tell us briefly what, what a tax anticipation note is and, and when it would come due? Certainly. So a tax anticipation note is a – a note issued by the municipality uh, secured by the promise to receive future tax revenues. Under state law, there are, it's a fairly limited borrowing statute, uh, but basically the obligation comes due 90 days in advance of the, uh, the deadline for the tax payments coming due. So a lot of times what we would see is your January 15th ad valorem property tax date for tax collections uh, if you were to borrow a tax anticipation note, that payment date would come due on April the 15th of the of the foregoing tax year. So it wouldn't it wouldn't get us beyond the beyond the upcoming fiscal year, in other words, it, but it would only address a delay in cash flow issues. Say from you would ordinarily expect payment by January of next year, but it may come in in February or March, but it wouldn't carry you into the next fiscal year. That, that's exactly right. And so, you know, a lot of folks that do rely on tax anticipation notes, they start looking for them about uh, the start of the budget year because they're uh, the way that property taxes generally work. And uh, given the considerations for people's budget years, uh, you're receiving this this large sum of, uh, sum of, of uh, at least on the, annual, uh, on the real property taxes, you receive this large sum of money in the third or fourth quarter of your fiscal year. And you've got a plan and budget around that. So I think where we probably will see folks figuring it out, especially on the real property side, is coming into the fiscal 2022 budget cycle 
if there were to be a substantial fall off in, in real property taxes attributable to the, to, to the fall tax cycle for calendar year 20. Um, and I think that's, that's where we, this, this issue may continue to evolve as revenues continue to come in and there may be shortfalls. There may be things that financial staff start looking to do to potentially shore up short-term cash flow needs. So that moves right into our next topic, which is we've talked about what if there is a disturbance in your cash flow during the current fiscal year because of a delay in property taxes. What if what we're looking at instead is an overall reduction in the amount of property taxes collected during the entire fiscal year? Are there any borrowing tools to, to help a municipality bridge the gap into the upcoming fiscal years if property taxes are significantly down from, from pre-COVID-19 levels? Certainly. The discussions that I've had with a lot of my clients in planning for the upcoming budget cycle is to obviously the first thing you do is to reduce expenses. And in reducing expenses, that's obviously going to, to stem the tide on a potential shortfall of revenues. But as you get into the budget year and you realize that something may come up short, you know, obviously at this point no one has a crystal ball. No one can quite tell, you know, how deep the cut is otherwise going to be. There are a few options out there. Some of the things we've discussed is the potential for, for doing a taxable general obligation bond spread out over a number of years, assuming you have the available debt limit and you can meet the qualified public purpose test requirements to do a general obligation bond, that could be a way to extend into future budget years and operating cost borrowing uh, through your general obligation debt. Another potential tool that I've had a couple clients use in years past is the idea of doing a taxable lease purchase obligation for, say, an existing asset that you have on the books. So long as you have uh, sufficient useful life in that asset, you could go out and secure financing from local banking institutions if they were willing to take on uh, that obligation. That could be a way to generate short-term cash and then obviously extend those payments out over some period of time. Obviously, you know, the, the important thing here is is the planning because banks are a lot more uh, willing to loan money to folks that don't need it. And so while you are in a good cash position, as you start thinking through the various budget options at your discretion, if you think there is something you may need to do, now is probably the time to talk to your financial advisor or your bond counsel and just start spitballing through, you know, the options that you have available to you. And and so it seems to me in the conversations we've, we've had that, the general idea here would be, if, let's say that you expect your, your revenues for fiscal year 2021 to be off by, let's just use a number of 15%. And you could absorb that in, in one year by expense reductions, but those would be fairly drastic. And so one possible use for a borrowing here would be to spread that 15% reduction over a two or three year period by borrowing money to supplement this year's revenue shortfall and then paying that back over two to three years to make a more gradual transition. Is that a, is that a fair statement? That, that's exactly right. But, again, it's, it's a slippery slope. Anytime you start doing you – know, you're effectively operating the, the general fund on a credit card at that point. And so the idea of borrowing for operating – you know, short-term operating expenses over a long-term borrowing cycle – we don't know how long this is going to go. And so the cleanest and easiest approach is to, as you alluded to, solve the cash crunch on the front end by right. cutting as many expenses as you otherwise can. Right. Uh, to the, to the, 
And it would seem important to note that there's no reason to fully expect at this point the disruption in 2021, reduction in property tax revenues or other revenues may well continue into 21-22 or subsequent fiscal years. And, and if you've carried forward a prior year's shortfall, you may simply be making the problem worse. I think that's exactly right. You know, the thing that we're struggling with right now is I think a lot of folks, at least in you know, the, the municipal folks that I've dealt with, are worrying about the, the, the sales tax-based revenues that they've come to rely on, their hospitality taxes, their accommodations taxes, their uh, local option sales tax reimbursements from the county. They see those numbers coming in lower because obviously people are not out spending money at retail. Those are things that are going to be more immediate hits. What we don't know, and, and I don't think anyone has the crystal ball to look out and see, is all of these retail establishments and commercial establishments that have shuttered that are not going into operation, what happens when we come out of this? Are they able to survive it? And that means if, if they're not able to survive it or they're able to kind of limp along through next year, what happens when that next property tax bill hits? You know, we, we obviously need to be cognizant of it and recognize that it's there and be good stewards of the money that we have. But I think the the, the, the long-term approach and the long-term effects on the citizens in our various communities is unknown at this point. And so the more you can do here on the front end to start planning for that, recognizing that this could extend beyond just this year, I think is just part of, of the new normal. So, so let's move on. The other, for most municipalities, the other major source of revenue in the general fund besides property taxes is business license tax revenues. And, and we're expecting those to be down as well. Are, are there any borrowing tools that can be used to address either delays or reductions in business license tax revenues? I know that a number of folks at this point have delayed deadlines for the collection of those business licenses um, or extending the deadlines for the regular business licensing process. Outside of that, there's just really not a whole lot of other options. You know, that we've got case law out there that doesn't support the, the borrowing secured by your business license revenues. Um, and so for the most part, folks are relying, those, relying on those funds for general fund operations, don't, don't really have any debt uh, around it. So I think to the extent that you can make those extensions and you can delay in making collections, that certainly is a benefit to the business owners in your community. But if I always refer to business licenses, the third leg of the kind of local government stool. When you think about property taxes and local government fund and business license, it's a, it's, it's a large portion of many, many cities or operation revenues. And um, having any delays in those could cause fairly significant cash crunches. So, so we've asked three questions now on, on basically on the general fund side on Delays in property tax collection, reduction in property tax collection, and then business license revenues. And I think it's fair to say that there's no – I'm not hearing a magic bullet or a, a miracle solution to avoid the pain that's going to come along with reductions in revenue. I think that's pretty much fair to say. Um, you know, there, there are a few options that are on the table. There's the idea of looking at all of your outstanding debt. I would say at, at a blanket level – Interest rates are at historic lows right now. So to the extent there are potential savings that could be had on outstanding lease purchase obligations, on outstanding general obligation bond obligations, or you're just looking for a means to kick the can down the road on certain obligations you have, it may be a good time to look at potential refunding options. But as a cure-all or a salve for short-term cash flow issues, I think the idea of moving debt around or issuing new debt to do so is likely a slippery slope on the, on the general fund side as well as the enterprise fund side. Great. Yeah, that makes sense. So let's, let's move on very briefly to 
The other major source of municipal revenue for a lot of municipalities is utility revenues, either water, sewer, electricity, other enterprise-type funds. And again, there, we, we, we may expect, I know that municipalities have delayed cutoffs and waived penalties for late payment of water and sewer bills. We're not sure at this point if there'll be a reduction in overall revenues or simply a delay. But are there any any borrowing considerations that municipalities should think about on the utility fund side? Certainly so. And I think the, the first one I would say is to make sure you understand the bond covenants that you have with respect to any outstanding utility uh, revenue bond borrowings that you have. Most of those documents are going to have some fairly significant covenants with respect to free service, which would include the enforcement of uh, utility rates. And so the idea of potentially deferring a cutoff is one thing, but the idea of waiving penalties associated with those cutoffs may entirely create a, a different set of covenant-related uh, issues, and those, those, those issues could result in a technical covenant default of documents. So before you take an across-the-board action or decide to waive fees and penalties, I would strongly suggest talking to your bond counsel to make sure that you're not inadvertently tripping over uh, an issue or a covenant in your in your actual documents. And it would seem to me that if, in addition to the covenant issues, if we look at borrowing issues, that if there are refinancing opportunities that can reduce debt service because of interest rate savings, that the utility side might be a really logical place to look for those savings. Absolutely. We've, we've gone through the process at this point. Um, as I alluded to earlier, interest rates are at historic lows. And as folks that are familiar with utility fund borrowings and have, have borrowed money from the state revolving loan fund uh, may recognize back in the 2008-2009 recession, the state revolving loan fund did an across-the-board rate reduction from wherever you were in their loan portfolio at whatever interest rate to putting everyone on a, a new interest rate of 2.25%. And we are actually in the market now refunding a number of those original obligations, which at the time I would have said I can't imagine a scenario where we would ever be in a rate environment where you could have actual savings below the, that rate threshold. Um, but that's where we are. And so they're, they're, I think the idea of looking for opportunities for savings is out there and for the right credits and the folks that are, are being diligent about looking for opportunities to, to refund debt, the utility side sees a lot of benefit. Okay. So the last question for today is on, on another specialized revenue source, which is hospitality taxes and accommodations taxes. We, we've had essentially a collapse in the tourist economy and with the closure of dine-in, restaurant dining, we've we've also seen significant reduction likely in hospitality and accommodations taxes. Are there any borrowing options or borrowing considerations that municipalities should be aware of when you're thinking about perhaps significant reductions in those sources of revenue? Absolutely. And and you know that that is probably the one that I fielded the most calls about is how we deal with this. Because obviously when restaurants are, are not open and hotels are not open, that revenue stream, which has been um, very friendly to lots of local governments across the state, is going to dry up first. And so folks are seeing the immediacy of the drop and decline in those revenues um, almost, you know, off the bat. And a lot of a lot of cities were also trying in the front, on the front end to soften the blow to some of their retail and other hospitality industries by reducing or delaying or deferring the collection of those revenues during the, the immediate period of the uh, declared civil emergency. The problem with that is, is, to the extent you do have outstanding debt, you need to be cognizant of the covenant restrictions that you have in those documents. 
Um, most of them are going to say something along the lines of that, that council is not going to take any action to reduce the collection of those revenue streams uh, while the debt is outstanding. If, if you are a bondholder secured exclusively by hospitality or accommodations taxes, you are only secured by that source of revenues, and so anything the city does to reduce that revenue stream um, is going to affect the, their ability to make repayment. And so I would I would first point to to the documents that, that you have for any outstanding borrowing to make sure that any actions that you take at the at the council or municipal level uh, don't affect the outstanding covenants that you have in place. Uh, then to the extent that you are just simply tight on cash flows, Again, rates are low. The idea of potentially refunding or deferring some of those payments into the future uh, is always an option, and it would be something that you would want to talk to your, your bond counselor and your financial advisor about, potential, potentially look for refunding options. I would say that the bigger consideration there, though, if you're looking to go and refund hospitality tax uh, borrowings, most of those are going to be non-essential assets. And right now, while there is good appetite in the in the in the marketplace for municipal paper and kind of this rush to quality. The idea of investing at the at the investor level in uh, non-essential services of local government I think is going to find a difficult appetite. Yeah, that's that makes sense. So so to recap, a couple of themes I think emerged with, with these with these specialty revenue sources, whether they be utility revenues or hospitality and accommodations. And the first is if you have outstanding debt Make sure that you check what your what your covenants are, what promises you've made to your bondholders before you take action on those on those sources of revenue. The second would be to to really explore the possibilities of refinancings to see if lower interest rates and market conditions might save you some some money in annual debt service. And the third would be in terms of new borrowings that that that, that at this point it, it may be that expense reductions are going to percolate through into capital projects as well, and, and cities, given the stress that we're looking at, may well consider how essential is a project, can we delay it to manage the current financial stress we're under. I, th- I think that's exactly right. And, you know, one of the borrowing tools that we've used in, in times past to get through some of those delay periods, especially when you can't, when you haven't quite figured out how you want to structure a borrowing, is to do a bond anticipation note. The bond anticipation note being exactly what it sounds, a borrowing in anticipation of a future borrowing. That's a little circumspect right now because the security of a future borrowing, depending on what the underlying revenue stream, uh, the, the potential, potential source of security uh, for that borrowing is going to be, could be met with some, some caution in the, in the investor market when you, when you start talking to your potential bondholders. So I, I say that with a word of caution that you know, any new borrowings need to be taken with with your eyes wide open, recognizing that you're going to get probably a lot of questions in the investor marketplace about how you're dealing with all of the various things that are going on. Great, Lawrence. Thanks so much for joining us today. Again, for our audience, I'm Eric Scheidel. I'm the general counsel for the Municipal Association. I was joined today by Lawrence Flynn, a public finance attorney in practice in South Carolina at Pope Flynn in Columbia. I would encourage our listeners to remember that we're doing a series of video podcasts two recent episodes of the video podcast that would be supplemental to the materials we talked about today. Look at how you adopt a budget in the era of social distancing and what considerations you should keep in mind as you're making your budget projections for the upcoming fiscal year. We'll provide more guidance on financial matters in the near future. Please keep listening. 
The City Quick Connect podcast is one of several ways the Municipal Association keeps you informed of the opportunities and issues impacting South Carolina cities and towns. Learn more at www.masc.sc and stay up to date with the association's latest happenings on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.